Hello and welcome once again to Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave. This is Phil speaking with me as always is Dave. And this week we've got coming off of my shelf, 1999's The End of the Affair, directed by Neil Jordan, mm-hmm. starring Julianne Moore, Ray Fiennes, Stephen Ray, just a phenomenal cast. We're going to get into it, folks. But uh, <laughs> before we do that, let's introduce Dave. Hi. How's your week going, my friend? Pretty good. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's not too bad, uh, Phil. It's a busy week. It's frigid out there. Uh but otherwise, I'm doing pretty good. Happy to hear it. This mm-hmm. week's movie off uh, off of my shelf, End of the Affair. You got any any history with this movie? Uh, <laughs> Surprisingly, none. Do you have any, uh, any, any history with affairs in general? I, I, I meant to ask you before the show, <laughs> are we going to talk about our own affairs? Not that we have any. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, Actually, maybe there is. <laughs> so let's, uh, I guess we won't go there. Well, you don't know what I might. What I, I have my notes. You have yours. Yeah. Like, you, we're gonna go wherever it goes. Sure. Well, it's it'd be silly to say that affairs don't exist. They happen for tons of different reasons that I will not get into this episode. <laughs> uh, but obviously, it's an inter- interesting uh, concept. The affair, the the allure, maybe of a, a femme fatale. Uh, perhaps so yeah it's interesting saw what it did to harrison yeah yeah exactly uh and their whole family now it's interesting because this movie like yourself i hadn't seen before like you hadn't seen last week's show yep so like yourself i didn't uh read a i didn't read a trailer interesting uh, (laughs) or watch a trailer so i went in like like you did last week pretty blind as a bat i go in that way for every movie that you know i try and mm-hmm. even if i've seen it before i try not to get any pre connection to it i mm-hmm. watch it and then at most after i've compiled my notes i'll go back but i like the 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 particularly on movies i haven't seen like you're saying just like going as blind as possible because yeah because i think trailers i think in general in a lot of cases kind of ruin it they can they're misleading at times or they set up an expectation that needs to be met that maybe it doesn't or as you say gives us something away what have you so yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean they why, why would you want to know anything they serve a purpose as a sure. marketing ploy but when you're dealing with movies that are this old and in this format it seems kind of strange to me if i'm saying dave watch this movie watch the movie i don't really have a choice you don't no. you know the audience demands it yeah a po- I, I, I think you can stick with a poster and let your imagination do the rest fair but they got greedy and started doing the trailer. And I, I understand the lure of the trailer. I can't resist sometimes. I don't know if you remember that Force Awakens fake trailer that went around. I, I watched it like 20 times, thought it was real. No. It but looks so cool. But I remember watching the real trailer for uh, episode one, mm-hmm. the Duel of the Fates song and like the cross-cutting of that. I thought, yeah. well, this is going to be the most energetic, was, entertaining yeah. movie of all time. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't it's seen it. hot garbage. Yeah. Uh, it's not great. But I will say, you know, we just talked about uh, a couple weeks ago, The Thing. Yes. That's a trailer shows, yeah. uh, that I love. The At least the beginning. I'm not sure if you watched the trailer since now that... Uh, no, I'm, I've, it's on my list of things to do. Uh, things to watch. <laughs> no, just things to do in general <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this year. Uh, but one of the, the, the beauty of that trailer, it's up on our Facebook uh, page. If anyone wants to go and check it out, uh, it's off the shelf. Oh, maybe I'll Dave check right it there. out. <laughs> uh, but it is, it's, it's, it's got about 20 seconds of 
crackling radio. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're outpost, blah, blah, blah. We found something. We found something, kind of repeating it two or three times. Feeling the sort of, I don't know, there's something about that kind of sense of dread that I really kind of like. The sort mm-hmm. of, the the way in which that's stated. Then you get clips from the movies, and then it wraps itself up at the end with that same kind of refrain of, of the clip of, we found something. And, it, you know, in the ice and so forth. And I found that yeah. to be really compelling. Mm-hmm. So the trailer, it does give away certain elements of the movie. But just that teaser. So maybe I'm more inclined to enjoy a teaser uh, than a full two and a half minute trailer because i agree with you it does give things yeah, away i like a tease in a trailer Ooh, interesting oh, interesting trailer tease uh i think it's interesting to watch the trailer afterwards actually and yes. see if it did it justice if it was misleading like in phantom menace sure well we've had situations uh, where movies that we've talked about mm-hmm. and three watched you know two or three or four times and i watched the trailer and realized that scene isn't in that movie <laughs> yeah. you know or that yeah. line delivery with the diehard trailer if you watch that there's a couple of i mentioned that in our episode i believe yeah. the Did he's you? probably from new jersey or something that's not a line in the movie at all oh uh, oh yeah, yeah that's right that's uh where rickman he bumps into rickman he says where are you from uh are you you're oh, an yeah. american too and he says only if you count new jersey yeah he never said that he would never said that never in the movie, said but it. there it is in the trailer bill so, clay never said that <laughs> that's what they're referring to interesting yeah, yeah. so I, I think it's something i, I i'm pretty aware of now and moving forward even with new movies coming out Mm -hmm. i typically uh, avoid watching it's hard you know look for example perfect example and because it does get you excited but what's the point you gotta wait anyway sure like picard season three okay bringing back as you know big fan of next generation of course they're bringing back everybody yeah i heard that so sorry for those who are also (laughs) avoiding the trailer but the trailer i did watch it because i Fell you, of course, victim. Want to get excited? Say victim. Yeah. Uh, and watch it. Like I was so like, oh my god, this is gonna be so awesome. Yeah. So that moment of excitement is a dopamine hit. Mm-hmm. But now I have to suffer, wait six months or whatever it was at the time. Because I think it's coming out soon. Could be. But I watched it at least you know two three months ago. You keep get that hint. Keep get, get yeah. that hit. So. Yeah. Um, and we know what you experienced on your on your flight. Yeah, you watch nothing but coming attractions. For <laughs> looking forward to your next, yeah, <laughs> to your next travel date. But now I know Q is going to be on it. I didn't want to know that. I would rather yeah. have been. Oh, whoa. Yeah. So I think like a lot of things, we don't have the patience to wait, and we need that little hit. They got to market it, Rand. Here's That's, my question yeah, to you on that, that point, and and we'll get to the movie eventually. But one of the things I wonder is, so you don't watch this trailer, you don't know Q's coming. Mm-hmm. You just know Picard coming out in March, yeah, what have you. Exactly. And it's episode three, and somebody you know says, wasn't it awesome Q was in there? Yeah. Now, you have not seen that. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. not heard of that. You have nothing. Do you prefer in this hypothetical, having watched a trailer where it's been designed for you to be excited to be titillated mm-hmm. to be teased with mm-hmm. the potential or would you rather that somebody at work comes by and says hey last well, night q great episode and you're like i have no frame of reference i you know do you think that it might be better if you'd watch the trailer it would get a sense of it than that if you're gonna get spoiled anyway is all that would be if i had three options that's b okay b would be i would watch the trailer gotcha. and i know q's coming i was spoiled and you know who you are out there <laughs> That data dies in Nemesis. 
What? Someone knew that I hadn't watched it and for whatever reason wanted to be a real dick. Again, you know who you are. I don't know if he listens to the show, but he better start. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. Like it, it does. It can ruin yeah. that whole experience. But and that's a po- That's a negative. That's a negative. So you heard that and now you're like maybe tainted the viewing. Now, yeah. the cue presumably is a positive. So does that work? To Is get it you excited about it? He's bad news. Qu- I, he's bad news. He's like uh, no, I'll, I'll Catherine, take John Delancey, and and anything. Sure. Uh, so I, I I luckily I don't have many friends. Perfect. So and we don't have many listeners. So it actually works out. Yeah, we're in pretty good shape. But I watched Force Awakens, and I probably mentioned this before. Yeah. I watched it maybe two months after its release because I like to wait for the hype theater to settle down a bit. Agreed. And then I'll go watch it in theater, and I did. Yep. And I didn't know that Han met his maker wow. uh, i didn't know that and i was surprised that being on social media sure it's not even about my friends mm-hmm. social media never mentioned anything on it never came up star in my wars feed. huge yeah right like obviously. That, that stuff typically comes, it does now anyway it comes up in my feed pretty regularly yeah. so i was surprised that uh, i didn't by accident no one on purpose ruining it for me sure and so i was you know and I wish I would have been a little bit prepared for that. Actually, Come on. Yeah. Uh, that took me for an emotional roller coaster ride. I get you. I I watch a lot of uh, horror movies, as you know, and and I've those heard. trailers I find are really a challenge to mm-hmm. because uh, what, what do you show if you're not showing? They just I find most of them give away too much. I mean, yeah. one, of the, one of my classic uh, examples of that. I mean, the Friday the Thirteenth trailer is literally just two minutes of all the deaths in the movie, counting up to thirteen. So you just so. I mean, granted, the big sell of that movie is what the effects are and how how they die and so forth. Attractive young people dying at a camp, right? That's the sort of premise of the movie. But if no you're ugly watching, people died, pardon me. No ugly people died in that one. No, there's not really any ugly people at the at the camp. They make it so that uh, it's not realistic. I mean, everybody's obviously got their tastes, their preferences. <laughs> sure. Um, but but to watch that, you would think, well, I know everybody that's going to die because you just showed me at least the moment before they mm-hmm. all died. So it feels like it's a bit of a uh, a cheat. And then you know the new Scream trailer just came out, and there's obviously ways in which that you can mislead an audience by manipulating yeah. a trailer. But then you think that are misleading. But then you, exactly. So yeah. so there's a really no win type of situation for some of these trailers. And I like you. I adopted a thing years and years and years ago. I called the you know, sort of pedigree test, whereby it would have to be i don't need to watch the trailer for the new david fincher movie i'm just going to go see it i don't need mm-hmm. to see a trailer for the new paul thomas anderson movie i'm just going to see it mm-hmm. because they've got a history of proving that they make movies that i yeah. enjoy sure sure so yeah. save myself the hassle you're going to watch picard with or without a trailer right because you've got the built-in yeah. fanship so, so do, I, do i want that quick dopamine hit for yes, that moment yes so it's an interesting thing i mean the trailers are obviously interesting i did not watch the trailer for this movie either to be I fair i assume there wasn't one <laughs> <laughs> i kid i kid this uh, was uh, 99 right 99 99 yep. one of the great years 99 um as i mentioned hadn't seen it before i do like ray fines enough to finally say his name correctly respect not ralph fiends <laughs> uh, his brother mm-hmm. is joseph 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 yep joseph of course <laughs> uh, you'll find him in enemy of the gates is that his brother yep okay yep. anyways also in uh, shakespeare in love yeah uh we did see finds in a good thief the good thief yep 
And we saw Julianne Moore in that other movie with the guy from Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> the myth of fingerprints. <laughs> I was getting mixed up with, for a second there, uh, the man from Elysian Fields. Yeah, yeah. I did make a brief sort of uh, association with that movie to this movie. Okay. Uh, just for the, the relationship dynamic was, gotcha. in a way, sort of similar. So I did make also a... fair in that movie, yeah. technically. Right? Yeah. So I did make a, a bit of a comparison briefly for that, but completely uh, different movie. Yeah. Uh, interesting. So, yeah. So you hadn't seen it before. Did you uh, initial feelings about it? Were you engaged or enjoying? To Shall be honest, I had my reservations about, I think I'm, I'm probably not going to really like this movie. Gotcha. Uh, and then I started watching. I'm like, it's okay, but I don't know. Okay. Don't know if it's going to do it. I don't. Sort of like the man from Legion Fields. Like, is it going to take me there? And it didn't quite, though we admitted that we the movie was a pretty decent film mm -hmm. for, for X reasons, almost like for the secondary character. Yeah, that was my issue with that one. Was yeah, Legion certainly not an issue in this one. This no. is this is Fines. Like, this, yeah, it's Fines' movie. His movie, for right, sure. Obviously, he and Julianne are the, the, real, yeah. the real story here. Uh, so I, I, I did have my, my concerns, that, I, but I, I unlike, uh, similar to last week's movie, I, I enjoyed later in the movie. Uh, it picked up tempo, and I think we talked about losing steam. I yes. think in the thing. I think, for example, this one picked up steam, in my opinion, and yeah. it had me uh, enjoying it more as as we got to the second and got to the third act. Yeah, yeah. It took me uh, on a elevator up. To, yeah, to well, there's level, sort of so. like these these gradual reveals throughout the movie that that, yeah. that does kind of pivot the focus a little bit and, mm -hmm. and 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 shake up the dynamics and kind of reveal the past revealing things of the present and the future or sorry different timelines different yes. point of views yes so yeah. they, they do a very good job i think of keeping the movie interesting in that regard as well yeah just when i thought it i was starting to maybe lose interest yeah they shifted the, the, the basically who are we following yeah from what whose point of view and like oh Okay, this is getting this is getting interesting. Yeah, I like this. It's about halfway through the movie too, so it's actually yeah. a pretty well timed pivot point. Yeah, uh, and we'll get to it. But uh, I agree that that uh, it does kind of give a, a new framework to work within. I thought I, for a bit I was gonna get a little confused with the time shifting, but I was a little disoriented at yeah. first with it. But once I settled into it, I. I was fine. It didn't take me much. I mean, I'm not the brightest guy, but I figured it out. Well, that was, was uh, there's a, the scene, right? The very, almost very beginning within the first sort of 10 minutes. And it has this quiet inner cut of them holding hands on the stairwell. And it's like a little insert yeah. shot. Yeah. And it's not a, like, it, it's obviously not of this time. Mm -hmm. And it's very early to implement something like that. So I thought something like you where, oh, am I, I'm not lost. I recognize yeah. that. I've seen it before and we'll get into that. But, I just thought that's really early to deploy a mm -hmm. an insert time shifting moment yeah, in in a movie that we have yet to feel our bearings. Haven't let alone established anything. Haven't established anything yet. And yeah. now you're. Unless you've seen a trailer, then you might have seen that in the trailer. <laughs> that's perhaps. Right. <laughs> it's right. It was I think the holding hand part was right there. Yes. Right there. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, no, I thought it was. Uh, I didn't really know the other guy, the the, the Stephen Ray. Steve, yeah, I have not. I'm not familiar with him or anything he's done. So I don't know if you. Uh, are aware or well i know him from the crying game for sure which was same director same director yes yeah, so i have not uh, seen neil jordan that one. really talented guy i saw the crying game in the theater with my aunt when it came out i was 15 maybe 14 that's not awkward at all it was a very strange <laughs> time but uh 
strangely, uh, we were looking for something to watch. And it came out, I want to say, 93, 92, somewhere in that region. Well, I know Ace Ventura had a little fun with it. That's all I know from Crying That's true. Games. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> and for some reason, I have another memory of A Few Good Men uh, and, and seeing that movie with my aunt as well. But yeah, so we went to see The Crying Game in 92, so I would have been 13. Yeah, wow. uh, and this is why we say, or I say often, uh, movies were just always a, a thing in my life. Right? It didn't yeah. matter the the no. content, didn't matter the the type or, or you know horror movies at that age, as well as yeah. the Crying Game. Still which can is handle it. A pretty unique type of movie to watch if you're 12 or 13 years old. Um, I can change it, man. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. Then yeah. I just thought I, I was confused by it. Obviously, for a number of reasons. I'm young, and I'm kind of. Especially young, be, not being young in 2022, but being young in... Yeah, young in 90, 92, yeah. right? So it's like, it's a yeah. completely different world. Uh, so I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I remember watching it, I remember liking it, and then I remember it, it being up for some Oscar nominations. And I remember the yeah. Boy George song, and I remember liking it and watching the, yeah. the, that video. And so it was a thing. And Neil Jordan also, before that, directed... Um, or sorry, just after that, so I, I followed that up by watching Interview with the Vampire, which he directed with the Cruz and, and, and Pitt. That was in 94, and I saw that in the theater. So he was just a director that was kind of a go-to, on some level, a pretty go-to type of guy. Mm-hmm. And then I loved it when I saw it. And I didn't see it in the theater. I don't yeah. remember why exactly, but it definitely was a video rental that I was excited about. And I just loved it right away and i hadn't seen it though part of why i took it off the shelf is i i haven't watched it since it came out probably pretty close to 20 ish years ago i forgot to ask you why this time i'm guessing my my only guess was valentine's day is coming and there's no more romantic movie than a movie that starts with this is a diary of hate yeah yeah which was an interesting yeah start to the movie the typewriter you know how i love a typewriter intro yeah, yeah. So that was uh, it was a thing that drew me at the time I was I was writing more frequently. I had some friends of mine and we were all very movie snobby types of people mm-hmm. and writerly scholarly types uh, that that ate that stuff up. So the same I got really into movies about writers and movies about writing. And in this instance, I love the I love the sound, obviously, of 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 that of the typewriter but i also enjoyed the idea like this when i was asked i've been asked many many times i'm sure um what are your romantic movies you know so many movies i watch are dramatic and fairly heavy and and yeah in some cases tragic um this is not really that big an exception but i i always found it very romantic i thought it was a very sweet my memories of it were that a very sweet loving kind of movie and there were things about the movie that have lasted the the test of time let's say with regards to lines that i remember or scenes that i've remembered and so forth that have stuck so uh this was just a movie that i remember really loving and i thought it is valentine's day ish and uh i thought let's do a movie that i found particularly romantic and uh i did like the juxtaposition Mm -hmm. of the romantic movie ostensibly about love and jealousy and passion and frankly, an affair and the secrecy of that, mm-hmm. but have it coming from a place of anger and bitterness. Yeah, I that was kind of an interesting take. And he doesn't really soften 
throughout the movie, and I really like that too. Well, you digs in, yeah, almost. and I really, I was really captivated by all of that. So I remember liking this movie all those years ago, and I was excited to kind of do it again. And um, you know, I only have the DVD. I never upgraded the to a Blu-ray. I don't even know if there is one. Like I just yeah, couldn't find no. it. Check it out. But um, loved loved watching it, and um, you know, I, I think it's a little bit more maybe flawed than I remembered it. Um, but I was really impressed, and the performances were excellent. I thought the look, you know, again, we just talked about Neil Jordan. The guy, again, has a real flair. I was really impressed by. Real knack. But, you know, the music is really one of the things that right off the top. Very noticeable. Uh, it's just beautiful. It, it opens the movie. It's, you know, it's over black. The first things you see or hear of the, uh, of the movie is the score. It's a guy named Michael Dan- uh, Nyman, and... He's just incredible, I think. Uh, I love the score. I love the way in which it conveys the sadness and a little bit of the... Passion or some... Yeah, I think it just perfectly encapsulates the movie uh, in a weird way. I thought it was uh, a perfect representation of what the movie is. I th- uh, and so I was really impressed by it. Yeah, he did the piano. Oh, yes. Okay. And Gattaca. Ooh, which I've been meaning to watch and surprise. Been on a short list for a while, but uh, oh, yeah. he's yet to. Uh, he's got, he's your, bo- he's got your boy in there. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why I think that he's, he's your guy, mine. but Ethan Hawke. Uh, he's got both my guys, Ethan and Jude. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, there. That's why it's on a short list. That's right. So yeah, that's a, it's a great one, and and more importantly, or maybe not more, but equally as important, is Roger Pratt the cinematographer i thought the 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 look of this movie again the using the shadows the rain the light the almost gauzy type of filter on the movie now that might be just the dvd film grain <laughs> coming through uh but it works <laughs> but it has a, a bit of a haze to it almost um and I, I really was impressed by it and i mean this is a guy we've already talked about him because he, he shot batman and he shot the fisher king uh, both available uh, in the archives, um, 12 Monkeys. So mm-hmm. he's just got a great eye for for and a great style. And this movie just encapsulates. So all those elements of the the technical side of this movie, I think, are, are near flawless. I'm really impressed by them. Yeah, I'm going to be curious as we, this, as we go through this episode what, what you thought were flaws, you seeing it for the second, third, or fourth time, whatever. Mm-hmm. Me seeing it for the first time, I, was, I didn't really ca- – there's some things I maybe didn't like necessarily, sure, but I don't think I don't know if I'd consider them flaws or not. So I'm curious to to hear from that. But don't tell me yet. <laughs> don't, I don't know. Uh, one thing I will say, and I agree with you almost 100 percent on the on the audio uh, mm-hmm. on the score. Yeah, I loved it, except for maybe I'm too harsh, Phil. I don't know. I felt it was overused by just one time, one scene. Where I felt, oh, here we go again. It's the same song, same, another passionate moment. And here we are back to the same well. And I just felt for some reason, it was just one too many for me. Interesting. Uh, now, that's just one point in the movie. Yeah. Uh, after that, as we get back and we got into the second act and and then I was completely fine. It was just that one scene like it must have come maybe too close to a previous scene. Sure. Or something, or it had been used just a couple of times in, in close sequential, mm-hmm. sequential sequences, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and I thought, ah, I'm not ready for this this tune again. Sure. So so quick or so much. But that would be my only 
you know minor complaint about when it came to score and then i loved it it was i thought it was yeah it's my, it's my cup of tea it's a generally. score that i would uh would have probably looked into buying in 99 and and, yeah, and, see and, that. and may even still yeah, yeah. i just think it's a it's got a it might go on my spotify it's got a beautiful yeah. I, I haven't looked it up on the spotify's but it definitely it's yeah. just it's very haunting and mm-hmm. kind of beautiful and elegiac and yeah. and uh I really, really liked it a lot, uh, yeah. and I hadn't listened to it again in, in that long, so I was impressed yeah. by it. And, and again, it got me at the end. Like, it got me. Oh, yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Uh, it's powerful stuff. God damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's, you know, we've talked, uh, and we can maybe talk about, we spent so much other time uh, talking uh, about the trailers and whatnot, then maybe we'll just get into the movie itself. Let's get right into it. And, so. uh, you know, performances, I think, are excellent. And again, we alluded to, you know, this is a diary of hate being mm-hmm. that beginning moments. And um, it sets a tone to me right yeah. away. And it's a powerful tone setter. And it's very important to the film by and having that in there. It's it's like the whole crux of the movie is yeah. this, this bitter. Because it could have been done without it. Yep. And it would have, I think it would have suffered. And watching it the way, I mean, the things. You could have that, edited it that way, but yeah. The things that, that connected, the, you know, there's a couple of things that specifically I remember and have carried with me since watching this movie. That, the ending, and uh, the specific line, uh, do you think love ends just because we don't see each other or when we don't see each other. Yeah, I see I thought it did, but yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, I I'm old school, but for better or for worse, I I adopted that or had adopted that at that time in a real romantic sense. There's this mm-hmm. sort of feeling that even if and this is the obsession part which also comes in the movie and and I I think we kind of alluded to it at different times, but the femme fatale that just sort of has yeah. you wrapped around your finger. If you can get Harrison there's this it, it feel- get fine <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what i say but that feeling of obsession a little bit you know harrison is you know i i may have called her uh, 10 yeah. times i don't even know like you yeah. just you needed to hear his her voice and and this kind of stuff and this movie posits as a very similar kind of situation where bendrix uh, finds is so ensorcelled by ensorcelled absolutely it's <laughs> um, so ensorcelled by Julianne Moore's character, that Sarah, that he can't extricate himself. He he needs to be around her. He's jealous of that mm-hmm. scene in which he, he's jealous of the stocking, jealous of the button, jealous of the shoes. Jealous of it. He's really like everything that takes her away from him. Yeah. is a. I've never been jealous of someone's shoe. No, but I, I I've never really been that jealous either. But pretty close, you know. That kind of, never to those types of things because i'm not that sort of fanciful with language but exactly yeah but i am jealous of same feeling really yeah exactly probably dealt with in a worse way maybe if you articulate it like that in a sophisticated manner you don't come across as such a creep or something that's right it kind of manifests itself a little differently yeah because it Uh, seemed to work for her yes obviously once we saw from her side she was wasn't really pushed away from his openness about his jealousy, which no. can really turn a woman off. It kind of well, it feels like it's a cute thing, right? There are people that a certain level is there's you need. Rafe kind of alludes to it a little later. I think there's that sort of uh, I'm a person that gauges love by, by jealousy. jealousy. Yeah, and I knew I, I dated people that had something similar to that. Yeah. Whereas if I wasn't jealous enough, and they would they would do things to yeah manipulate that or to try and you know have that emotion and if i didn't deliver to the 
a level that they had hoped, mm-hmm. then that meant that I didn't love them as much as they had wanted or I had said or whatever the case. And there is something to say of that balancing act of I want you to – I remember when I was younger thinking I want to miss you when you're gone and or wonder and where you are. I want you to miss me when you're gone. So when yeah. we're at a period of time where you've traveled or I'm traveled or so forth – and that is not jealousy, but it is something of I want you to feel something of me specifically when there is an absence. And what she keeps re- repeating over and over is that it exists even if I'm not here. And that's that's enough. And I like that that's the constant interplay between the two. He mm-hmm. wants more, more, more. And she says, I'm giving you everything even when I'm not here, even when I'm with yeah. Henry. doesn't count, though. Well, <laughs> <laughs> That's the that's the argument. Yeah, you know, it's a good, it's a good argument. Um, and I, I, those are things that have really stuck with me in in over the years. And yeah. you know, there is this. You know, when I was younger in my early twenties, I was the other man, in a in a, oh, in, a, in, a in a situation. Yeah. I've been the other guy. And there was a certain part that came with, and Bendrix may be the same, which is to say, a I don't want to be the other man all the time. But there's also a little excitement that comes from being the other man because there's no consequence, let's say. And in that situation, it was one where I'm pretty sure I know that they wanted more of me than I was prepared to give. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was young. I was like, you know, in my early 20s, living in Vancouver, it was just a a kid. And I was single, so it just felt like, hey, that's your problem, not mine, you Mm -hmm. know, kind of vibe. And Bendrix isn't that casual about it. He's the other man, but he's constantly fighting with that reality. And I thought that that just from my experience was different, you know, as being the other man, it was great because it was like, well, you're dealing with all of that. I'll be around when you call kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And Bendrix was, is, is doing everything in his power to get more and get more and get more. And I thought that that's, it's an interesting, and his performance I just thought was so good. and captivating. pretty decent. I'd say through and through. And it was a movie with the material in it that is relatable, even, I think, for people that haven't necessarily had an affair or been the other guy. I think you can relate to it because you've thought about it, the very least. Sure. But I think I've been in a situation where I also was the other guy. And we would there was bouts of I wanted to be the guy. Yeah. And then there was bouts of I don't want to be the guy. I'm Mm -hmm. okay with it. And it was like. I was flipping and flopping back and forth, but I knew deep down that if she said, okay, I'm your gal now, I got rid of the other guys, just you and me, that I would not have been happy. Yeah. You know, it's just, there's no winning in that situation. At 22 years old, I probably would have been the same. Like, whoa, 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 this is getting serious. You know, this is getting serious. I was later, I was in like 30s. Yeah, sure. So I was was certainly in a situation where it would make sense for me to settle down yes at that point and sure but uh yeah it was a it was an interesting uh experience uh, i'll tell you that but uh, yeah no doubt no doubt and it gives you a certain amount of as as you get older from my case you know as you get older you realize uh maybe henry i never once considered henry when i was you know the, the oh yeah you know when i was being bendrix let's say <laughs> yeah, yeah. all those years ago i never once considered henry i was sort of like that's your problem and yeah. i thought the way that stephen ray kind of plays him as such a cuck <laughs> yeah i mean just a wallflower right there's no emotionality and there's a great line where 
um, there's that great line where Rafe, or no, Julianne Moore's character, Sarah, says something to the effect of uh, Henry prefers habit to happiness. Yes, yeah. And that's a great, yeah. wonderful line. Yeah. That he's not interested in excitement or or joy no. or not abnormal even it's or any of that very relatable very like anyone love you can connect to the absolutely habit over wants habit a comfort, over happiness wants a comfort of of a loved one or or a so happiness in itself is that is the habit that's it right. and yeah. is completely comfortable with uh, my morning coffee and we're in bed by 10 a, 10 p.m uh, you know as he says i agree so on forth. the morning coffee that's uh it's um, huge <laughs> so anyway i just think it's an int- this, this this triangle of, of characters is I think very interesting and I thought the way in which each of those actors deliver their performance really is mm-hmm. is is great and Sarah you know Julianne Moore is just obviously a, a phenomenal actor but I thought her role in between those two and the way in which she for lack of a better term handles both is really quite mm-hmm. admirable uh, and special. I just think she's just that good. I think she looks great. She's perfect in that, in that era. That era. Yeah, the way yeah. The, her hair, the hat, the, like. the, all the all the yeah. the costuming and so forth. I thought this yeah. is this is nineteen forty. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful set uh, set design and art direction, and just again perfect casting. I think her in that era just pops off the off the off the off the material. Yeah, and him as well. I think him too. Uh, True, Lines as well. I love seeing. He just, I think he suits that that era as well, equally, if not greater. I did find the dialogue um, sophisticated for yeah. the point where it's, I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> 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 like, eh. I think it's good, but sure. I'm, not, I'm not quite uh, clicking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's uh, that's just my, me and my uh, average IQ. <laughs> that's being generous. Uh, but... I felt I got the impression, even though I may not have really got 100% of it, say 90%, that it's well, this movie is pretty well written and well thought out. Uh, yeah, yeah, so. based on a novel, uh, Graham Greene. Everything's the, based on a novel. <laughs> 90% one of the movies. great novelists, uh, 1951 book. I've never read the book. Ah, but, 51. Uh, it's a good year for books. Uh, heck of a year for books. <laughs> uh, paper really good that year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you can tell again. There's very we've talked before, and some movies feel writerly uh, to a mm-hmm. fault at times, where the dialogue doesn't feel like dialogue; it feels very written. Mm-hmm. And yes, yeah. and there are other movies where the dialogue is so well written that it's melodious almost. You know, and this movie, I think, more in that category. I yeah. don't find there is no speeches in this movie or dialogue that felt like it was so patently written as to not be believable i believe yes there was and part of that happens is the benefit of that is the characters are scholarly and intelligent and in that world we've got a novelist we've got someone in the in the minister's office you know some government thing so there is an element that says people would talk like that because they're educated enough to speak that yeah right and like us yeah Exactly, unlike us. So it works out well if you're going to make smart characters speak smartly. Uh, I think some of the times where it doesn't stick or where it sticks out in other movies is when you've got not smart people. Well, I remember the scene in A Good Thief. I made a comment. Yes. But I still loved it. Yeah. I don't know what it was outside of the car. 
when he drove by. Yes, I don't remember that. So written, but very written. Yeah, we did like it though. I remember now. Yes, it was like almost like it was Broadway. Yes, it was interesting. So you can run that risk, but I thought the the dialogue in this movie and the the writing in general, I thought was really on point. And and Mm -hmm. little things like that, habit to happiness, is a clever line that conveys so much. Uh, And even something like, "Do you think love ends when we don't see each other?" That is a a concept that is perfectly articulated in just a very short mm-hmm. seven or eight words you know yeah. and I, I i'm impressed by by the brevity of those of the words to conceptualize or to offer deeper ideas and 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 deeper emotionality in the movie and I, i'm mm-hmm. really impressed by all of that yeah you know it, it is interesting when they write it when someone writes about love love is something that parts of it never changes it's been the same for yeah millennial yeah uh the feeling of love but it does change within based on the the era like love and the sure. love during a war yep yeah is a lot different uh than love like brokeback mountain it's a lot different sure. <laughs> so there's different types of love and different but it's so but there's always that foundation to work with and then the writer just goes with it he could emulate it in a, a more romantic way or a more uh a lustful way sure. so there's so many different variations you could put on it but mm-hmm. uh, overall we found what what he did for this one was uh, you know me i like world war ii i like that era in yeah. general not just the war itself but the the decade sure where we were with technology yeah. and society the style too we've often commented on the the look yeah. the the absolutely trench coats the long wool miller's you know, crossing miller's like, crossing yeah. another example so forth yeah yeah so i just uh, i like that and generally i think i felt like you know i like what they're doing with this even though it's uh, it's pretty sophisticated for a guy like me yeah i still like it yeah it's good yeah that's excellent i i, I agree with you i think it, it's it conveys so much, and you obviously have the benefit, you can call it the benefit, of the wartime sort of love story that there is this sense of dread over mm. all of it. And obviously yeah. it factors use into that, the plotting yeah. later, but there is this sense of urgency that you know this could end, the mm-hmm. world could end, the bombings are yeah right outside their door uh at different moments throughout the movie yeah and you like love plus war or love plus this you're always mm-hmm. adding something to the story of love in this case yep it, it has a lot of that in it which that's definitely right. changes the dynamic all of it it adds yeah. a sense of as you say the passion and it's easy to kind of d- d- to lose yourself in it yeah 100 percent, absolutely because you almost have to right again you're or having limited. an affair well i might die anyway yep. <laughs> it mean? puts a sense of that kind of casual nature to it i think yeah. uh and not that these two are casual about it but i think mm-hmm. there is that feeling of we yeah. don't do it now we'll never yeah. do it because you could justify it maybe more he was already you know they, they show later a scar he talks about having been already in a war environment and so forth and that was his mm-hmm. kind of ticket out of it was this uh, shrapnel in his leg yeah, or live every moment now so there is this yeah. feeling of uh, you know caution to the wind and yeah. and, and so you forth i love cling on to it like it's yeah and yeah. be and, and why waste your time with someone like henry you know there's that great uh uh this kind of brings me to the next point anyway because it, I, I, it's a both a really funny line but you know the way they introduce the affair itself do you were you at any point you're a timeline guy i know uh, you're, you this I am. Is, this, if there was going to be a potential sticking point a big promise the new star trek anyway go on <laughs> i wondered how you reacted to the getting into that affair as quickly as it appears it was they do. quick 
Did was that, was that off-putting to you? Was it sort of taking you out of it? Did you no. commit? Hundred percent did not. Looking back and 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 looking back in the movie, I can't put that as a negative. Like it's like oh I liked it, but I didn't like that. So no, it didn't res- like, It didn't stick around. It was a moment where I'm thinking oh, that's kind of quick. Yeah. But you know what? Again, with with the the era and and the the urgency and mm-hmm. the situation they're in. Plus, they're both gorgeous. Yeah, I see. It's something I, I can relate to. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> certainly, certainly. Uh, so noticeable, yes. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, it's good. No, I wondered. Okay. I know because again, historically, yeah. we've had a couple of these types of conversations over the years. Of this, yeah. I don't buy this. Or this doesn't feel right. This relationship feels forced a, or unearned or what have you. There's a lot you can do with a five second look in your eye. Sure. And I guess I think Fines was able to pull it off yeah again or, it helps they're, they're at the, i think they were having dinner or a drink and they were just sitting across from each other and i think that's where they said i think i'm falling or i'm in love with you or something yeah like that. well there's like, sequences in which they it appears that they just meet at this sort of oh, the yes the, the party or party and they're already they're yeah. already and that's the thing because i thought it, it seems that they just met very good looking people granted i say love at first sight um, I can, I can but i think it. it's even that night that they're holding hands at the stairwell yeah like and that's what the flash forward i think if you're gonna Go fast, go fast. Yes. Don't don't twiddle your thumbs like oh should we or should we not? Well, yeah. we'll land somewhere Full in between. Sure. Because I think we've all been love struck. Hundred percent. I, I I feel bad for anybody who hasn't. It's well actually it never ends well. So maybe you're lucky if you haven't been <laughs> love struck. Right. But and it's a, it's an incredible feeling. And if it hits two people mm-hmm. same time and you're looking at each other, that pretty magical. Pretty magical. Yeah. yeah. And so, you want to take full advantage as soon as possible. Yeah. Like you want to make yeah. it happen whether it's physical carnal or emotional whatever it is you just yeah. want a, a piece of that i think so uh, i'm thinking as as the director the writer the, the movie makers of this one i think i think i hope they get the sense of that's what this is because that's what we're going for and if it is i think they well i think they fully delivered i agree yeah yeah i, agree. Accomplished, I, so. I fully bought in immediately but I, again i know these are sometimes sticking points for you uh, i appreciate I, your concern what i also <laughs> find kind of humorous or interesting about this movie is its sense of humor because this, on its face this is not a particularly funny movie it's not a particularly no it's fairly dark my memories of it were not dark in a in a brooding way yeah. but just not like uh not a laugh riot not very light did and you laugh this time <laughs> there is a couple of lines and it mostly comes down to sort of witty banter but in particular there's a line that sets out that same uh, affair beginnings when he, they're having sex and she moans oh, out loud and he wouldn't he wouldn't know what that noise is yes and 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 uh, bendrix says, says oh do you think he heard yeah. and she just so casually and nonchalantly says he wouldn't know the sound yeah. that's both <laughs> sad yeah kind of haunting but also a really funny line Insulting. Yeah. in but. the midst of all of that and i kind of got a kick out of yeah. For again, a movie that is very not funny. No. That line, I thought, well, that's clever. And we, again, we talked about the writing. That's just a superb way to mm-hmm. deliver uh, a little bit of exposition, a little exposition, yeah. a little characterization, a sense as to what their marriage is. We already talked about habit to to happiness. You know, the certain ca- uh, uh, um, you know, you're making certain concessions to a relationship. Mm-hmm. along the way right so this person is offering me xyz maybe i don't need w 
or I'm willing to sacrifice yeah. W because w, X, Y, Z. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and feel okay with that. And then someone else is saying, yeah, but W is what's missing in my life and I'm going to seek it out elsewhere because X, Y, Z isn't enough for me. Yeah. And I need the whole alphabet, Bill. Oh, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're greedy. Insatiable. You're greedy. Yeah, I know. Um, but I think that there's an interesting framework to put those that relationship in and a line like that tells you, okay, so intimacy is not high on their list, let's say. I, I do have a note about the falling in love happened a bit quick, but I'm in no position to judge considering I was married after a very brief engagement. <laughs> so <laughs> That is very true. I didn't want to yeah. uh, bring that up. But, no uh, regrets. Of course not. My wife might. I, no regrets for me. Uh, if she yeah. ever listened to the podcast, she would. Uh... Oh, I'm not worried about that. <laughs> she has better things to do with her, uh, That's right. her time. Yeah. So I like that it was, I, I just enjoyed that it was a funny Thing to do did you we talked a little bit about the obsession and again all of that all of it just rang really true there's just a lot of this movie and, and that relationship we there is this feeling and he i think plays it so well rafe does again leading into that basically the pivot point into that last uh, into about an hour in that relationship mm. you're seeing now more often there he's you know kind of admitting his jealousy he's constantly sort of looking for affirmation from her um mm -hmm. leave him i don't want to see you go i'm jealous of the rain i'm jealous you know yeah, all of, of like every <laughs> all of that is sort of all consuming while he still has her you know it's not even as if he's you know he obviously just isn't having her enough or having her as much as he yeah. would want not full time he's a yeah, part time he's a part time lover yeah. but yeah. That seasonal. is seasonal. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but I think it's impressive that that and upsetting to a certain extent that he can be so consumed in what I'll tell you brief time and how that begins to what he thinks when that pivot point happens, and we'll get to it in just a second, but what he thinks is the reasons why he when he justifies it to Henry later, why that he why they broke up effectively. He says, I bored her with my mm -hmm. jealousy. So he's sort of interpreting his his jealousy and obsession and the boredom of that, the persistence well, what, what, of that. That's what he thought. Yeah, he he's yeah. thinking he's sort of pushing her away, and she finally grew tired of, of that, having to reaffirm. And I've been in that type yeah, of yeah. relationship, too, where – Usually it's, happens. It's saying things like, I, do, I don't, I, I said I love you a hundred times and I don't know what more yeah. I can say. Well, and, it must be me versa. because you, you're not, you don't want me full time. That's right. You're not leaving him. So it must be something I'm doing. Yeah. Or not doing. And I know I'm jealous. So it must be my jealousy that's pushed you away or must be this or must be that. Or you're bored because you don't want to stick around uh, full time. Just spring and fall. Don't get you for the summer. That's really what he wants somebody. <laughs> Did you I kinda like the the way in which the the private investigator Bingham. Bingham. Bing, Bing no, it's not Bingham. What <laughs> that was his name in Enemy of the State. Oh. Yeah, no, I it's Pimus <laughs> or Parkus. He's an enemy of the state. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That was his name in that. Uh, we'll cut that out. Parkus, I think, uh, is his name. Uh, I love that. And I thought it was a really clever way to manipulate the situation. Like, I'll 
I'll be the yeah. He's, you know, this is now post affair. We've kind of crossed this out, and now he's <laughs> saying, "Well, I'll do the, uh, I'll hire the uh, the the guy, yeah. and I'll be his, your eyes, and I'm really just gonna follow myself for a bit." Yeah, and, yeah. I was like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. I yeah. thought that was really kind of a clever use of it, and I, you know, the stuff with the private investigator. What were your thoughts on that? Do you have any? I thought it was all really kind of laid out pretty well there were times where i was wondering because there is times where henry hires him and then bendrix hires him and yeah kind of is kind of this through line throughout the last half of the movie basically yeah. that I, I i was like which timeline are we in or what have you but I, I really liked that character i thought he was great throughout and the boy was obviously a yeah interesting touch as well do you have any uh feelings around that i like the character uh i like the performance on him i like how he was really friendly pi like he was very polite to to find his character uh, maurice very respectful even though he knew this was kind of a weird situation that while I, you're the guy that's you hired me to find out who's cheating on your friend and you're the one that's doing it so he didn't seem to care like he wasn't judgmental and i thought that was interesting for, for the pi he wasn't judgmental yeah he's just i'm just doing my job and this is how i do it mm -hmm. there was that point where near towards the end where the husband had hired him and i'm like well obviously he's gonna know yes. him but then i was like, well this makes sense that's why would he hire the same guy yeah a i i, I don't know if you realize it was the same guy that he was hiring i'd be uh, maurice wanted him to see this because mm -hmm. he wanted the divorce that's it so i need to see you kiss so yes. then I'm like oh okay that that makes sense yeah don't know quite why the husband maybe you know, hired the same guy that doesn't quite make sense but sure i mean i think you know well, there's limited options back then perhaps it's just know, the only pi in, one car because it's his uh, car that he gets because yeah. he's like i'm so crazy i might even do this and yeah and what helps later again we realize the beginning when bendrix hires him at first it's because um it's post affair and bendrix is trying to also find out who the other yeah who the because, other guys because if she's not with him and where she's obviously she? not with henry yeah where is she going J. and I. this kind of stuff leads into that pivot point we talked about so hey i also have to say the sex in this movie is pretty fantastic you i brought out one breast last week you one up me i did I did. Brought out a second one. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, a two-for deal. Yeah, we did. A couple uh, times, too. Yeah, but I was just... I found this movie very sexy. Yeah. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it. No, you shouldn't be. Um, well, maybe a little bit, but no. No, you shouldn't. I, I thought I it was well of, choreographed. Yeah. That's I just, the right it, word. Absolutely. I think it is. I thought... The, but again, the lighting, the shooting, like all the sort of technical stuff of it. But I also just thought the sex itself felt authentic. It felt passionate. Was, it felt yeah. like two people that were in that... I think that's important. The for, throws for of this it. movie. Yeah, I think um, it sells. It has to be. You have to sell the whole movie. Yeah, for way. for presumed innocent, you just need a quick ten seconds to show the power she has over men, and sure. they did that. Yep. And that was it. That's all they needed. Yeah, got it. This one they needed it. It's more of a through line throughout the movie. Yeah, and uh, no, I thought it was tasteful. Absolutely nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, but I thought just just a sexy movie. Yeah. I, um, and you you probably obviously noticed this, and I wonder what bomb sex is like. <laughs> but that scene where the bombs are going off yeah. and that seems to play a role in 100%. their lovemaking at some capacity. Sure. 
So I wonder what bomb sex is Never like. Never had bomb sex. I don't want it. I'm not going to lie because, you know, I'm, I'm happy to live in a world without that going yes. on around. But yes. oh, it was interesting that they played that into the movie. I think yeah. it, was, uh, it was it was an interesting touch. And just their lack of uh, interest in it, lack lack of care in it even. Like, it's At that point. Of, we are just about yeah. each other's bodies and th- that sort of all. And the danger maybe. Like a little bit, probably. And with the danger of the bomb, it just adds a... Uh, Another layer. Absolutely. Of something. Sickies. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> not a layer of clothing, certainly. No, certainly not. Uh, but yeah, I was impressed by the sex of it. Uh, and I remember mm-hmm. that from, from when I watched it at, at mm-hmm. 20 and, and certainly now as well. Yeah. And we kind of get this pivot at that point where post-coitus. The explosion? The explosion. Yeah. So we what get the idea. And we, the great, I thought great shot. Oh, the, amazing. So great. I just, I don't know what it was about. Of, like that was really well shot yeah for you a get movie the that's not really about that yeah it's a special effect in the middle yeah, of it's not this. My, michael bay took over for just a brief moment yeah <laughs> i thought that too i thought it really conveyed the the mess of it and yeah. the power of it and the yeah. depth of it i was really impressed by it. just that one shot the the stained glass window the timing out, of it too the timing 100 yeah and what i find fascinating is that in this reveal we don't know what happens obviously he, we see the explosion, and it's we fine. more or less see him come up the stairs. Julianne Moore's on her knees, and at that point, hard pivot. Mm-hmm. She it left us really cold. Runs away. Left effectively. the audience sort of cold. Yeah, and we don't understand what's happening, and it's jarring and off-putting, and uh, I think we're a little bit like Bendrix in that moment, just saying, well, "What is weird? Like, what is happening?" And we, I think, I don't know. I want to speak for you, but we've had situations. I've had situations where that moment has happened, and obviously not a bomb related, mm-hmm. but there is that period in whatever relationship where something is off, something has changed, and it's not always something so drastic. But there is sometimes the drift that's happening, and you just sort of notice it subtly. And this feels like a really immediate, from hard pivot, from like we're about to have bomb sex, yeah, to we can't even be in the same room. Yeah, gotta go. I remember uh, an ex similarly. You know, it's sort of like we're holding hands on Thursday. We get together on Sunday. There's no holding hands. It's weird time filling. We're yeah. like, Everyone we're hanging knows. out with groups of people instead. You know, it's like five, six, seven days later. I realized, oh, I guess we broke up on Friday, <laughs> but I didn't know about it until the following uh, yeah. Thursday, you know. Uh, but because there. something's changed, there's some yeah, whatever, and you often don't get to know the answer to that question. Unfortunately not. There's a communication. But yeah, I had that with my Canadian femme fatale. There you go. We must have broken up four or five times. And some, in some instances, I understood it. And some are like, I don't know what's going on here. What's what's different than... Yeah. Three days ago, it's cool. And yeah. we haven't... Like, nothing's happened. That, was what, that would drive me nuts. Sure. And just like... And then... Yeah. Anyways... <laughs> touchy subject yeah, it's all history but, uh, but, but yeah. i did relate to that to certain points in the movie with that specific relationship uh because i realized that i thought i knew what was going on inside her head sure and i was oh i was way off yeah and i knew that years later because we remained friends for for a significant time oh, until, cool. until relatively recently we just sort of lost touch sure naturally in the last drift, couple of years so but yep. we have about 15 years of history and I'm thinking, well, yeah, I just couldn't get the readings right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, could not. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. I'm never good at that. I can't read. I've had a hard time reading the opposite sex, though. 
sure. Yeah, sure. Well, I think a lot of men do, but yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> I, I, I don't know anything about that at yeah. all, but uh, and vice versa. But, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, but it was just interesting to go from sort of very one way to another so quickly, and this mm-hmm. movie obviously shows that, and then we get the benefit at least of the explanation now. At the time that we're watching that, did you pick up on that? Were you sort no. of surprised by not the reveal, but rather just that you sensed that she was weird? I just, yeah, I just thought she was weird and she was just. But it's also a pretty emotional moment, right? You yeah. Just ex- so but she has a wall up and, and it's just a wall. Yeah. yeah. And we're nothing she's, too serious or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, I've got this point. I got to get away because, yeah. You know. But it wasn't anything to what I thought it was. So sure. I would have been like him, like. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a little what, bit, what right? Hell? Like, we you... just did that and now you're leaving? I yeah. almost died for God's sakes. And yeah. now you're, you know. And he's so casual about it, too. You know, she's like, you know, I was praying. Well, that's such a waste of time. He's so callous. Yeah. And, you know, you don't necessarily think that that's going to really occupy the next half of the movie is the. The. Religion? The religion the side of this That movie. was sneaky, wasn't it? Right? Like, it really. Yeah. That's the pivot point because yeah. she. And he... It was always there, but I never really thought much of it until the second half. Like, this is going to play a role in this yeah. movie. It's very and subtle ultimately. for that first half. And then, yeah to, yeah, to your point, it ends that basically halfway through with that scene. Mm-hmm. And later, a little later on, when we get the explanation as to what happened and why she pulls away, the movie becomes a very different... Um, movie. More complicated... <laughs> uh, movie i would yeah. say yeah yeah it's uh and i'm not a religious guy as you know but i thought it delivered what that is very well and conveyed it beautifully with her performance again she, we haven't talked a lot about her specifically because she's the through line in the whole movie she's just angelic and her performance is as that is incredible she doesn't have the big scenes she doesn't have all the dialogues mm-hmm. it's bendrix's story for the most part yeah and the scenes in which he and Henry are meeting in the rain and so forth, it's all centered on Sarah. She's the center of the tension, uh, of the, tension uh, the fulcrum of the movie is her. It's mm-hmm. ultimately pivots to kind of being her story told through the eyes of Bendrix. Mm-hmm. And to do that without all of the dialogue that Bendrix has, and even in some cases that Henry has, is a real challenge and I think a real testament to how good she is. So I want to make sure that we're not talking about her scene by scene by scene because other than those carnal moments and her sort of professing love for him, mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't necessarily have a couple of you know big speeches, but her performance is is yeah. it's in between what she's saying. It's the yeah, her, it's aura, it's she everything. Has this, ab- yeah, yeah, and the way in which she interacts with Henry and the way that she interacts with Bendrix before and after the event the 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 pivot mm-hmm. is really incredible and you can't i can't tell you about that you really just have to see it because it isn't dialogue it isn't it's so much Jeez. about her performance that it's so good in that i've never been so intrigued by a character with such little dialogue for that person i'm like yeah. what who are you yeah <laughs> i agree because she doesn't have much exposition she's just yeah. sort of i love you do you think love ends when you don't exist i'm giving you all my love i'm telling you i love you over and over again henry is a he's nothing to me i love you right those are a lot of what she says mm-hmm. but there's so much other stuff happening between all those lines in her performance that again you just have to kind of watch the movie to feel it because it, it is a, a, a transcendental 
uh, experience, I think. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and her performance, if it feels like we're not dedicating enough time to it, it's really because it's so ethereal to the movie that it, it's difficult to, to articulate. Early contender for 2023 uh, female performance. Pretty uh, close. Long pretty year close. to go, but... Uh, well, yeah, yeah. You hate to bang these out so early, but yeah, she's definitely <laughs> a top contender. She's always, like I said, one of my favorites, but I think this movie is, is a, really test, a real testament to her ability to... Yeah be as opposed to even just say which i really find yeah compelling i would agree yeah that was yeah i was i was impressed i, I typically not i've never i haven't really seen her a lot other than the movie we'd watch obviously uh, a few months back uh in the fugitive oh yes <laughs> but that's nothing right yeah she just but she's present you yep. remember her because absolutely yeah she sticks might out. be the red hair i don't know quite memorable type of people so yeah saying certainly that certainly that <laughs> uh but yeah i got a kick out of the joke about praying right and he, she says you know praying to who and, and her response anyone, was, another anyone. one i like anything that would even, that might exist yeah because i wanted so much to to save your life as it were yeah now that pivot were you with that like when when that reveal happens and she explains that and we get to see her side of that sort of story where she is on her knees and she says, I'll never see him again. I'll never see him again. Just don't let him die. Yeah. Just don't just bring him back to me. Don't. Yeah. Um, because that felt like a pivot point in the story, obviously from, from a per point of view, but also from Huge the, pivot. from the, the, just the biblical side of it or like the, the yeah. God side of that, uh, you felt like that was earned. I wouldn't say it was unearned. We may not have been a privy to it. Sure. But I don't really know her that well. So Fair. I think it might be something about her that we just weren't given as an audience. But it, it existed. And it's just something that it existed. And yeah, uh, we can work within that. So, yeah, I know. like uh, Didn't stick out. Because I'm with you. Because I, there isn't much of that leading up to it. But it didn't feel out of place. She, she, we see her with Isaacs in the, like, briefly in the window. She, so she's visit the priest. But we're given the impression she's having an affair with the priest. Sure. Even though I was convinced that wasn't the case. No, I was uh, the same. And that yeah. priest thing happens after this. I, you know, I oh, believe, it does? I believe in terms of the timeline that it would happen after that. So she... Maybe I was confused with the timeline. Because <laughs> I think it really is... This is like sort of... And this is my interpretation as I recall remembering the movie but oh, I, I think we saw it but then we saw her side but, but that would have been so yeah, it goes yeah. back to so we see that she's now with a priest and so forth and then she's telling her side of the story as yeah. it were and the reveal is that i prayed that day to whatever might exist to save your life Which, yeah and as a result now i have to believe i have you know i have this faith to a certain extent and so forth yeah and that leads to the priest and that leads to sort of this yeah. other life that she has to live away from bendrix because yeah, uh, that was the deal she made with God, yeah. and I, I, the so promise. Her, that's another great line that she talks about as well. You know, I've made two promises in my life: one to God and one to Henry. Henry, yeah. And he's like, and she's like, I, and eventually, once they kind of do their reun, re, reunion, um, she has to admit I couldn't keep either because yeah, who can? <laughs> when you're dealing with Rafe, I mean, come on, what are you gonna do? But, um, but we were uh, we saw her with the priest in his timeline first before we see her pray in her timeline we see her go when she actually went you know what i mean yes yes so as an audience we have we can maybe piece it a little bit together 
saying, well, she did see, we know, even though it hasn't happened in her timeline yet, that at some point later in the future, she does go to a priest. So she's clearly yes. connected to her faith on some level. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and no, I thought that was interesting. I yeah. like that. I like that. I thought so too, as a person that doesn't have, hasn't had a lot of faith, let's say in general, JCS is JCS beginning, <laughs> middle and end. You know, I know the buzz and not much else. <laughs> That's it. Um, but I will say, you know, when my mother died, there was a, brief period of time when you're talking about now 2002 right mm -hmm. a friend of mine who sadly passed away not too many years ago mm. uh, named jolene who was a very christian kind of person yeah and i had another friend deray who who also was was of that faith and so forth and those were two people that at different times but jolene in particular around the time that my mom died where i was sort of asking those kinds of questions yeah i was 22 i real first brush of death in, in my yeah, life. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Big. And there was that feeling. And in that moment, I was looking for some answers and sort of explanation in some cases and mm -hmm. uh, re uh, refuge, solace, all those kinds of things. And in the end, nothing really took. Uh, but like Maurice, yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but sought it out because I thought, well, this is where this is helpful or like this yeah. is where people turn. And at the time... It's, it's working for... Uh, millions of people, of people right. so. and i'm living in, alone in vancouver i'm looking for be, answers i'm looking gotta for be something to it so but. i thought so and i worked i talked with her she worked, I worked we worked together I, I tried to sort of pick her brain as much as i could and try to put things in a perspective and read up a little bit and so on and so forth and in the end it didn't really as i said take long term but i could see in that brief moment where there is something to solace uh connect and feel a part of something and have not an answer necessarily but a, a guidepost or something mm, to that effect for sure and obviously that's 2002 this movie came out in two, like 99 i'm probably watching in 2000 so there's some connective tissue to that where i think there is a feeling of uh as she says you know praying to whatever might exist i didn't believe in anything at the time my mother died really mm -hmm. but i wanted to think that there might be you're open some, to the idea <laughs> yeah exactly like you know and trying to connect on some level with something anything that might yeah. uh hear me right yeah. at that time sure, so absolutely so in watching this movie and and now obviously with so much hindsight and 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 i see the the and particularly back in you know the 40s you know there's certainly uh, it's a different time as mm -hmm. well yeah but i get the i her belief system that says i prayed for a miracle and I got one that has to mean something and it really shapes her behavior yeah. after that. That's a pretty powerful message and a pretty powerful sure. yeah. thing to put in a movie that again, for the first hour doesn't really touch on it. Yeah. It's a ballsy move. It dabbles a little bit, but doesn't get too deep into it. But yeah. I think it's because we're doing something in the forties. Yeah. You can get away with it. Sure. Because it just has more weight. I agree. Doing That's that in 1940 yep. than doing it in, in 2020. Unless yep. you're doing some weird Netflix show about the Messiah coming <laughs> back. Which, which they did. I don't know how, how it worked out. but Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's powerful, powerful stuff. And I thought a really compelling performance again. But also story structure. I thought, well, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And I think it's what the movie needed too. I think, again, it just yeah. it gives you some more to feed on. And then when I talked yeah. about things that I found a little flawed, it was actually a little bit of um not getting tired of but feeling as though 
you were talking about that music being kind of one note or a little too often. Mm-hmm. I kind of felt like that a little bit with that relationship where I felt like Bendrix and her and Henry, that relationship was becoming uh, not stale, but repetitive. Oh, Henry, you should, you know, you should leave him and come with me. I can't. Henry's my lover or my husband, you know, okay, well, I'm jealous of. And that I felt rep- repeated a couple of times. Yeah. And so by the time, and even when they're in the bed, just after they've made love and, you know, in the in the bomb sex, mm-hmm. there's the, do you, th- you know, she repeats, you know, do you think love ends? And she's like, he says, leave him, don't go. All of these sort of bits of business, it's sort of like, okay, this is the third or fourth time. Yeah. In, in an hour, I'm, I'm ready for the next bit. And so the, the fact that we get, given the next bit you just in time sort was of, actually yeah. really as you said kind of really perfectly timed that way because yeah. now we get a little more to chew on in a different way and i was really impressed by that took it into a bit of a a new direction which looking back sort of knew it was going that way anyways but since it was done so well i didn't really see it coming that's where i got a little bit of man of elysian field feel as that sure those, those three sort of became one for yes. just a little bit like, absolutely interesting yeah i get that anytime you're sort of dealing with that yeah. dynamic uh, triangle dynamic yeah. uh, you're okay with it i'm not okay with it so forth uh, is really i think in- interesting and so we talked a little bit before about how she pulls away and she tries to kind of that i love the scene in which they meet at the diner mm, yeah we get that twice right yes his side and her side his side her side and but his side in particular i just loved how aloof and cold and i don't know if you've ever gotten you know, for aloof me, aloof works. Sorry, aloof works. Aloof totally works, but it also works. just uh, I, <laughs> I agree. I, having saying. hung out with ex girlfriends, where it's still a little fresh, aloof of bread, they eat it up. <laughs> you know, we talked in the in the in the two hundred cigarettes episode. You know, the the New Year's episode about mm-hmm. the New Year's party I was at. I really, really wanted to go home with my oh yeah my ex. And she was like, nope. Because you weren't aloof. Not happening. I went, okay. So you kind of pivot. But anytime I hung out with her there around that era, we had broken up. And I would still, on occasion, reach for her hand or, like, have to fight my hand to not just, like, graze. Like, those kind of moments, it took effort to yeah you were aware of forget it. about the fact that we just were dating as you said you know yeah. last month even you know or, or two months ago whatever it was and so for bendrix in that relationship to watch the both of them fake so obviously fake being aloof and cold and angry yeah. and bitter and again bendrix is just oozing that level of mm-hmm. of hostility and neither one of them want to break but both desperate to do it yeah. i just i love the way that, that scene plays out yeah it's so good to me and again she doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue no but it's all in the face yeah. and the body and the it's really yeah. great and yeah. and then he runs out after her because he, he can't take it anymore and she's already gone through her journey you know at this point yeah you yeah. know she's coughing up a storm at, at, at the diner you get the yeah. sense that this is maybe might be a little dicey and then they go to Brighton. And that I thought was a really interesting take as well because you get this really, it's been so dark, it's been so rainy, it's been so dreary, let's say. And here they get to go to this sort of beachside town and they're really happy. They're both like they're loving it. Bendrix gets to feel as though he's a guy. He's the yeah. he's the number one. Yeah. And he doesn't care because at this point, as you're saying, he notices the PI 
he says get the photo of us because you know he's like i'm fed up i want this divorce yeah yeah you know this is working in my favor this is working in my favor let's make it happen i can't do it anymore i want to be with her you know all of that stuff starts to come through and i just thought what a again it's beautiful it's heartwarming it's sweet with a tinge of this may not end well and i like right right before that there's great lines about bendrix writing how it's easy to write about pain Mm -hmm. you know it's it's such a it really is (laughs) <laughs> I write about I write about pain all the time. Absolutely, I just scribble and doodle. Uh, he says, you know, uh, uh, that happiness is hard to write because it doesn't exist in such a you know it it it's, it's more difficult to articulate. But pain is easy, and that's where obviously yeah. anytime we're cutting back to his novel that he's writing, it's, all of it is angry and, yeah. and he's an angry and typer. Awesome. Exactly, an angry you typer. know the way the timeline is working. You know that it's after the affair. You know so. My I, question is, sorry, yeah, but, because we're talking about the typewriter. Yes. Is if you're typing away and you make a mistake, you can't really go back. You kind of have to do the whole page over again. Uh, occasionally, you would just backtrack, backspace, and just re-hit the letter above it. Sometimes you would scratch it out and put a mm. – because uh, your printer is going to be able to fix it up. Yeah. Whiteout hadn't been invented yet. Yeah. But basically, you have to start again. Yeah. I was thinking it was the last sentence of the, of the page. Sure. Bad news. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they had QWERTY back then or not, but the <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think it was like the two finger uh, <laughs> typing. Yeah. Make yeah. sure you get it right. Now I'd write the novel on an iPhone and it'd be okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you yeah. only use your thumbs. <laughs> You're totally fine. Uh, I like that scene in, in Brighton. I liked all that stuff. I like the reintroduction of the PI and that relationship, as you're saying. They yeah. kind of have kind a of bond. Kind of missed them. Kind of missed them. Yeah. yeah. They and do have a weird bond. They have a kind of a, this cool kind of vibe about them. You never them. really see them shake hands, but no. they still had this sort of, you know, respect for each other at very least level i'd say agreed i like that again we reveal that she's dying i want to ask you about this please um the very first time she coughed mm-hmm. i knew it's over yeah 100 <laughs> percent. this type of movie this era yeah and and the tuberculosis consumption oh, cholera but, could be you yeah, know you don't know i might not be quite right on my timelines here but that kind of stuff. Yeah. As much as I take my timeline seriously, I don't know when these <laughs> don't know anything about diseases them. peaked. But sure. uh, yeah, I wasn't sure how. Like, how do you feel about no? Like, should they maybe try to not make it so obvious, or is that nah? And what? No. How do you how do you make a cough? How do you like? How do you do that? It's not really the cough. It's just where the movie's sort of taking. It's us. It's where it's like, taking you. And I think yeah. you know the cough isn't because we spend so little time with her mm-hmm. we can't have the cough like we don't get the the on-ramp of cough because we spend almost no time with her we're with bendrix so when they reunite for their diner meeting we have a very short window to indicate yeah. she's sick and they're getting back together briefly yeah <laughs> right and i think you could have maybe held off the cough until they're in brighton itself but then that feels rushed. So I think that it's all yeah, you, you can't could be like, do. All of a sudden, she's dying out exactly. of nowhere. Exactly. So I think that they're yeah. limited. But I mean, I I agree with you in that I you hear it and you go, it's over. It's just a matter of time. I me I guess I would have went with more of a, a abdominal pain. Oh, okay, like an it's, appendicitis. Yeah, something. Not a cough because it's like it, it felt like a fake cough, even though it wasn't. Sure. <clears throat> I'm sick. Where like <laughs> where she would just have like this like pain down here or somewhere and couldn't explain it and sure sort of, sure but i mean you get little subtle things i mean there's um moulin rouge uses this there's another one i think as well where you 
cough, cough into a Kleenex, put the Kleenex down, walk away, camera tilts to reveal the Kleenex with a little trace of blood on it. Mm -hmm. Well, now the audience knows, the characters maybe don't, and now you've got some dramatic irony for for fun. Mm -hmm. But this movie doesn't have the time at this point. I think there's maybe 20, 20-ish minutes left. They don't have any Kleenexes on the set. No Kleenex. And I I also just think it's where the story's going. So, I I mean, I, I was okay with it. I knew she was dead as soon as she coughed, though. I agree. Like, it's yeah. it's a it's a done deal. And what they do with that time, I thought, had better be interesting. And I, I thought they really – I thought it was. I think they, they yeah. succeeded by watching Bendrix get more and more angry and more hostile, the priest in particular, where he sort of slams Isaacs. the door. Yeah. Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. Uh, great performance. Love that guy. He's so good in so much. Everything. Um, we've talked about him before in – Something. Well, I know I'm like from Black Hawk Down for movies I haven't brought off my shelf yet. Oh yeah, Black Hawk Down. That's a yeah. yeah, yeah, for but, sure. Uh, I feel like we've we've had we have talked about him, folks. But, yeah. Listen to the archive. <laughs> yeah, it's all there. <laughs> it's there <laughs> somewhere. You Everything you need. Yeah, uh, something like 106 episodes. You have a great yeah, time. You can at least find one Isaacs in there somewhere. <laughs> find the Isaacs. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's great, and I just like when he's sort of slamming the door. But you're watching Benders get more and more upset because he's now losing. He had sort of lost this woman for you know feels like. It doesn't specify a timeline, but maybe yeah. two years, two I think years. they kind of yeah, indicate. And now that they kind of reunite, she's dying. It's even more of a, of a screw you. And then she realizes, and he doesn't want to share her. He's jealous of of God. He's jealous yeah. of the priest. He doesn't Wouldn't want even let him in. Yeah. Even anger, he writes or reads out loud, uh, you know, I hate you, God, for taking her. So there's still, like, there's this rage inside that, that he is so obsessed with her and loves her that anything that gets in the way between he and her yeah. is the enemy. And in this case, obviously it is, it is God in that instance. And I thought very powerful, which is very interesting because it forces him to believe in God. Yes. That's the, but that's he, what makes it so uh, yeah. powerful. I yeah. thought, and it got me to believe and F you. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically how they, you know, get to the end. But I just think that's a really interesting concept and uh and it was really coming on strong like i didn't realize now i can't say at this point i can't say he's an atheist because he believes but I, we got the impression he doesn't believe in anything mm-hmm. for, for the most part of the movie but he it really steps up when uh, towards the last you know 20 25 yeah. 25 minutes so well the reveal you know you get the sense of and they kind of talk about it later right the miracles i mean the conceit of the movie particularly in the la- in the latter half of it is miracles exist yeah and if miracles exist then something must exist and if you've lived your life not believing in something and yet you see a miracle mm-hmm. how does that and how do you parse that out in your brain in your heart in your mind in your body you know if if, if there is no god and you see evidence to the contrary then how do you piece that together in your mind and that is i think what the core of this movie is yeah. And where that anger and bitterness is. And I've got the notes for the last couple of lines because I think they're just perfect. But it's an interesting conceptual idea to present. And I thought the movie brings us to that point pretty readily and shows us in no uncertain terms how Rafe wants no part of it. You know, w- will not reconcile, will no. not accept. I'm aware of you. Yes. He reads, he reads things like, I hated you as though you existed. I use that hate to earn acknowledgement. 
God, forget about me. Take care of her and Henry, but leave me alone forever. Now, but leave me alone forever is only typed, and you just get the pounding of the typewriter, mm -hmm. and it goes to black. Mm -hmm. I thought one of the great endings of movies that we've seen. And we always sort of fuss about the ending. Is so like, much. Eh. <laughs> Absolutely. We're very, very... Um meticulous or very um, particular it's so particular. difficult to nail that in any judgmental. movie <laughs> very judgmental. in any movie uh, to, to to thread that needle is yeah. very challenging sometimes endings can make the movie and they can break it yeah and i thought this one is one of and these we're talking about things that i remember from the past i don't remember the lines specifically but i remember the feeling i had of wow what a great way to end a movie and they must feel that the movie makers, the director, the writer, when they do that, they must have that. Whew, wow, we, we nailed this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what a feeling. Yeah. So that must be a real win for them when they get that. And they know it. I, I would think. I would imagine they do. And, and the ones that don't, don't get it probably pretend they think they did. That's right. Like, no, no, it's good. It's no, fine. No, don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll love it. Yeah. I was blown away. I just thought, what a perfect ending to this movie. Bendrix is not going to accept you. Yeah. And as you're saying, F you for earning my acknowledgement because of the... Yeah, you got my attention. You got my attention. And I didn't want you to... Now leave me alone. And leave me alone. Yeah. I just think it's Very such a poignant. great line and a great feeling to end this particular movie on. Mm -hmm. And it left me really overcome with... Uh, I can't even define the, the emotion. But yeah. I was emotional yeah. watching it. I wouldn't yeah. say I was crying. I wouldn't say I was angry. I had a tear. I wouldn't say... I had a tear. It was a, just a powerful feeling for me yeah you had a tear i had a tear not gonna lie like it wasn't like eh, but i was there was this discharge for sure salty, salty discharge, discharge. <laughs> uh so yeah no it, it hit me and being i guess having more of a religious upbringing i think probably played a bit of a role yes uh i've always been also believing in miracles i mean i knew there was miracles since 2000 well, you got married so i mean true but i knew there was miracles since 2004 since the movie came out that was called Miracle, which was the last movie Kurt Russell did, even though you insist he still works, 2004 <laughs> is the example you finally used, which is now a, a movie that's 18 years old. I had to stick that in. He was, he was in the Christmas Chronicles. <laughs> okay, was it 2005? Buddy? That was last year. Okay. In a sequel, no less. He played okay. Santa Claus. Was that a cameo? Shut up. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, well, what did you? What is funny to me is that you believe miracles existed in 2004 when the movie came out, <laughs> yeah. not in 1980 when the Olympics no. that well, spawned too young, the, too young spawned was, the, was too. the comment. Do you believe in miracles? <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, a full 24 years later. Okay. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, a little slow. What did you think, though? This is a stretch. Uh, is the birthmark? I loved it. It's risky. It's a it's a big risk. It's Absolutely, a big it's a risk. big it's bigger a big risk than the than the praying Agreed. and the coming back to life. That could have been just like he actually wasn't dead. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. You yes. know, he was fine. Yes, but <laughs> there is a fall. But you're you're right. There is no. That's no. You see that. Like, yes. That's, yeah. And that is the only explanation they have. Yeah. He kisses her. She kisses her, his cheek. Yeah. Two weeks later, I have to tell you, he's gone, and we see the kid come forward. That I think. Again, I loved it. I think it's a big swing, yeah. but again, you're talking about big stuff. The yeah. first part of the movie, you're talking about love, lust, passion. All That's all stuff. stuff that, like, 
very I human. and we can relate to. Very human, yeah. Very human, very tactile, very day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And then the second half of the movie starts bringing these other elements, this metaphysical, ethereal kind of stuff. And yeah. you're either in it or you're not in relationship to the movie. Now, as I said, I am not a particularly religious person. I watched this movie. It didn't bring me to religion. But I can watch it and think that's real, that is believable, that is yeah, you're open honest to, the to idea. me yeah. uh, with regards to the context of the movie. So I loved it. I thought it was a great reveal that because it is easy as you say to dismiss one thing and say well the guy wasn't dead mm-hmm. you wasted two years because praying didn't mean anything anyway and here we get the example that says no wonder that her faith and her belief that ended up taking over after fendrix was sort mm-hmm. of saved was worth it or at least was something tangible uh i thought pretty special and pretty spectacular way to, to, to tie it in yeah in the this the hate like he got so hateful that's a point where he was calling her a whore mm. and that's such a a 180 from sure. really what she was but he's got that hate in that scene with isaacs yeah i thought him finding out she was dying was a little bit almost like he underplayed it like he didn't seem too phased by mm-hmm. it like, eh, I, I would expect a bigger, bigger, a little bit bigger of a reaction. Sure. Much like I expected more out of um, Mr. Miracle. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think that scene with with Isaacs, I'm like, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's all underneath, right? Yeah, it's all yeah. just, just bubbling. So, yeah. So, and he hates. Yeah. And he's jealous and he's angry and yeah. he's bitter. And it's just down there. And yeah. It's, comes to surface and as she's dying it feels even worse like you know because now uh god is taking her away from me you know it's not the rain it's not henry he could hate henry but henry's such an affable guy it doesn't matter because he's like well (laughs) he's a cuckold (laughs) so it doesn't matter right but how do you hate god yeah or how do you fight back against god how do you put up a defense against god and again something again relatable because I, i've had points in my life going being have a religious upbringing yes. and source, where i've been angry sure at god for yeah. at what i think are valid reasons are they you know, yeah uh, but it, it makes you it realizes that, well you do believe in him you must believe him if you're angry at adam well you, you believe in him this was the question other. around because i remember watching my mother die and then at the hospital she was 51 I'm watching a 90-year-old guy shuffle along in a mm. with a bedpan and a IV stand shuffling through the halls thinking well this asshole gets to live 30 40 years more that's some bullshit and there was this anger towards whatever may whatever. exist <laughs> whoever that says how does this this mathematically doesn't work for yeah. me. How does this make sense? How is this fair? How, how could this... this possibly happen? Right. Yeah. And so you do kind of, I think at some levels, at least I did, you cry out to whomever listens. And so the fact that Bendrix couldn't get there or does it in such a way that is not filled with curiosity, but just rage. You know, I went to, yeah. to my friend Jolene for out of curiosity, help me fill some of these blanks. I asked the question, how does this happen? Why him and not her, and why this and that? And Bendrix isn't interested in any of that. Bendrix is just fuck you, straight up, straight up. No, <laughs> not nothing else. No, yeah, no do more not pass go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I think it's a great character, and it's a great, as I said, way to end the movie. I, yeah. I'm really was really quite impressed by it. So yeah. for me, 
just to to sum it up, obviously, Please. I loved uh, this movie. I just thought, what a and I, I still think it's just really beautiful, even though it's it's angry at times and cynical and bitter and all that stuff that Bendrix brings to the table with relationship. I still find it very sweet and very romantic and beautiful and pretty honest and deliciously compelling and and sexy and mm-hmm. I, I just there's all the elements I, I just I thought everything about this movie top to bottom I, I was really pleased that it held up because again I, I hadn't seen this movie in at least 20 years probably and um and I really was very pleased that I still had the DVD and able to take it off the shelf and and uh, eager to watch it again you know and and I felt like an appropriate time for this uh, for this this time of year for sure. now Dave uh, first viewing uh we've chatted about it now for over an hour what is your uh, final thoughts? And, and obviously, what have you got for us next week? Didn't like it. <laughs> Thank you. Check, please. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I liked it. I didn't really see it as a film. This is not something, which is funny how we talk about going to the film and film experience. This is a, just a great story. And I appreciate it just as a, as a story. And I enjoyed watching the story. I enjoyed the characters great performances i think fines is great in everything he does he's pretty great julian moore he's great in strange days you should check it out (laughs) (laughs) it's on hbo max i'll tell you that uh wasn't on the plane but and i'm starting to grow a little bit on julian moore uh again i have outside of again the big lebowski again pretty small role yeah um so i thought the movie uh unlike was was better than i expected and the second half really, really grabbed me when we did the pivot to Julianne Moore's story, filled in, a, connected a few dots, and it went to a place where I was not expecting. So I thought for a movie where I thought was going to be pretty sort of predictable, I'm like, oh, this is okay. Mm-hmm. It took me to a place I wasn't expecting, and I think it did it in uh, such a way where looking back, it's like I should have maybe seen it coming. Hints were there. Sure. Uh, so I think it was a good watch. I, I would watch this movie uh, uh, probably at least one other time. I think it has some replayability on it. Did Just, your wife watch it? or She did, yeah. It? Oh, okay. I didn't get a really chance to talk to her about it. We, we were kind of prep pushing for time, that, that sure. viewing. Yeah, so. some bomb sex to take care of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So from Afghanistan. So I don't know. What a take. We'll take. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> no reenactments there. Uh I think she recalled, we didn't get into it, but she said she enjoyed it. But I don't think she enjoyed it to the level that I enjoyed it. I think there's elements of this one where I really, really uh, gravitated towards. I like that little spiritual touch to it, mm-hmm. especially when you don't expect it. Yeah. And like, oh, well done. So, yeah, uh, good movie, Phil. Uh, thanks for bringing it off the old shelf. Um, uh, yeah, we got all sorts of variety. I love it. We go from The Thing uh, to an affair. So I may have an affair with The Thing. <laughs> I'm going to pivot for next week. Uh, it's just so freaking cold out these days. <laughs> and me and my coworker were talking about Dennis Quaid. Okay. And I know you have one of those on your short list, and I was going to choose that one on, on a short list that I'm, is there, but I'm, I'm going to pivot on that and going to go with a day after tomorrow. We're going to watch Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> It's the day after tomorrow. Day after tomorrow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Funny guy. Uh, so, yeah, d- d- disaster movie. Uh, okay. But, yeah. I've never seen that movie. So, okay, the day yeah. after tomorrow. That's what's coming up next, folks. Thanks for listening this time. Uh, please uh, follow us on Facebook at Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave. Share the podcast with anybody uh, you have an affair with. <laughs> you have anybody you're having an affair with. Uh, please don't end it on our behalf. 
Share and, with your uh, priest, maybe? And frankly, uh, we need a miracle. <laughs> so share it with uh, anybody you can that, that might be able to answer our prayers. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, folks. Good night.